0: Everybody. Welcome back to your favorite swim bait podcast scales and tails episode 48 been on a little bit of a little bit of a hiatus for the last week because I've just been super super sick and uh, I, I will apologize in advance for this episode there might be a couple stray coughs every once in a while or some throat clears because it's just not necessarily still kicking my ass it's just still stuck in my system I just got some alacious coughing still going on like just a scratchy throat not necessarily like Six scratchy that there's just a tickle back there that i just continually have to try to get out it's so annoying but anyway uh episode episode 48 tonight we're joined by mr jack McCloud. if you guys don't know him uh he's 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 on universe you always see him memeing around with everybody but <laughs> uh jack and i i actually just looked I, i've been friends with jack on snapchat for like t- since like 2019 so i knew i knew you for a while but i didn't realize it had been that long so um uh, Jack uh, Jack was one of the first guys I actually met, really not necessarily met, but uh, met like through social media and stuff and another, another guy, my age. But I'll let Jack introduce himself and we'll get in his, uh, get his story rolling here in a little bit.
1: Hey, what's up, Adrian? Thanks for, uh, thanks for having me on, man.'m I'm, I'm really excited that you that you asked me to come on, and yeah, we've we've definitely been friends. For a while, I remember we've been we've been doing all those Snapchat group chats and all sorts of stuff for a, a friggin' while, dude.
0: Yeah, like, I, I couldn't believe that it was 2019. And it's crazy because, like, there was, like, an original group chat with a bunch of other kids. And then, like, I don't know, like, there was you and there was a bunch of other guys who got added to, to our chats. And I have no idea how. Like, it must have been through Facebook or something like that.
1: I, I remember we have or i have an i have another friend named ryan and oh yeah, yeah years he's he's like down in some fraternity but he he came one day he was just like oh yeah he's like i'm still in this group chat with adrian dean but i was like what It's like no way <laughs> gotta get a kick out of it
0: i i forget i always forget about ryan like I, I i was talking to somebody the other day and i'm like what was this kid's name like i could not remember this kid's name we were talking about something and I was like, oh yeah, it's Ryan. I was like, wow, I have not, not talked to that kid in a very, very long time. But he uh, obviously he, it doesn't seem like he's too much into fishing anymore, but that's kinda of yeah. how it is. Like everybody goes to school and the kind of priorities change mm-hmm. a little bit, it seems like.
1: Yeah, he'll he'll be back for Thanksgiving break and we'll do some fishing. But yeah, he's he's busy with school. Heck yeah,
0: man. So breaking it down really from the beginning how how did jack get into fishing and then how did you get more or less into bass fishing
1: so uh my my grandpa has a small pond on his front yard and ever since a very young age i was up there fishing with like worms and stuff and it turned out that one of my father's friends was a a co-angler for like professional bass anglers and this was around like fourth or fifth grade and i didn't really know this too much at the time but he was a a co-angler for kevin van dam and hopefully my dad responds to me with the guy's name because he was digging around for it but the um the guy was generous enough to give me two bait casting rods and i bought a bait casting reel and i went to my local outdoor store and i also bought a frog and i went up to my grandpa's pond and there was like this one moss patch on the side and the the guy met us up there and he's like oh throw the throw the frog over the moss patch and i threw it or i didn't throw it i think he threw it for me and i re- reeled it in and i got a big one to eat it and i think it was maybe like a three pounder but i was hooked ever since like that first fish i just wanted to keep doing it damn dude that's that's kind of crazy
0: like first fish was a bass on a bait caster and stuff that's pretty badass you don't hear that very often
1: yeah, well, I I was I was fishing for a while and I was doing like the uh, the bobber and worm stuff and I think I've I've caught bass before, but I think they were little tiny bass, nothing over like two pounds. But I've that, like that was by far my biggest bass I ever caught, and it was like, I remember it was like a super super crazy experience for me, and yeah, I was definitely like definitely definitely hooked.
0: That's that's sick. I we kind of skipped over it. Um, so you you're in like the the east coast right
1: yeah i'm in i'm in north i'd say northeast northeast jersey yeah i'm right at right at the tippy top of the border like i can drive two minutes and i'm in new york is that uh i mean that's got to be pretty sick to be able to fish new york like just just like that oh oh yeah it definitely is there's well there's a place that there's a, a place that my father lives and there's a lot of there's a lot of waters. I it's like a three hour drive up to the um the Finger Lakes, which are some really nice bodies of water. Your favorite swim bait
0: podcast is now proudly sponsored by Leviathan Rods. Leviathan Rods is a Texas based fishing rod company that's handcrafted and uses high-end made in the USA rod blanks. Every sale from Leviathan helps support foster youth and their families. With Leviathan Rods, you're not only gonna feel a difference, but you're gonna help make a difference too. Friends of the show will also get twenty percent off their rod purchases by using code scales twenty at checkout. So whether you're fishing at depth two fifty or a square bill, make sure you're using the best rod choice out there, Leviathan rods. Damn, so you, you caught I mean this guy gets you into bass fishing you caught. You're catching these fish and stuff on these bait casters. At what point in time? Did did you touch on what year this was or how long ago that was?
1: Yeah, so that was around fourth Fourth or fifth grade, and I started to get into fishing more. And i I was playing lacrosse at the time, and I had some some close friends who also started to get into fishing, and we all started going to the local golf course, and we were all fishing like sankos and stuff. And then we eventually started getting into other lures, and then we eventually just started to get into whopper ploppers and then that got into ganterelles, and then. That's sort of what started it. And I I remember watching it was probably I think it was Tactical Bassin and maybe a maybe a little bit when I got a little bit older I started watching YouTube, but Tactical Bassin and probably Big Bass Dreams are the probably two YouTubers and the Guggen squad, but they didn't really throw swim baits at at that younger age and I was just like, wow and I realized like how big fishing was. But I I didn't really think that i could throw any of these big crazy baits in new jersey i thought that was just like a california thing
0: yeah i remember i mean sitting on the couch and watching like lunkers in in all these guys and i remember every once in a while they they'd post the uh fishing a gigantic 100 dollar lure and i'm like oh my gosh that is so crazy and then somehow i ended up getting into it which was very odd because i that I wouldn't I never thought that I would be into this sort of thing.
1: Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. Me neither.
0: So did you did you get into it because you saw it on YouTube, or was like uh you're kind of in an area where there are guys out there who swim bait fish. I well, I guess I don't know about New Jersey and, and like uh New York right there. Is is it pretty well I get okay, we'll get, we get for get ahead of myself. Um so you're fishing these golf course ponds and you're kinda you know t- t- fishing all these other baits and stuff when you started fishing the Gantrell, did you see like that bait catch a lot of fish compared to some of these other baits you were doing
1: yeah i i I think i had i had a lot of success I liked the um the lower the lower line tie and fished it as a top water similar to the whopper plopper i I really just liked i enjoyed i enjoyed top water and i still to this day I love top water, but I just yeah i had a lot of success with the bigger fish and we started to we started to catch like these like big like four and a half five pounders which were crazy to us and at the time the like catching like a five pounder was really significant yeah it, <clears throat> and
0: it's funny because the gantrell like for a lot a lot a lot of people the gantrell is like the gateway bait and that bait just straight up catches fish it catches a lot a lot of good fish too especially like the in my when I was getting into fishing or swim bait fishing I should say the the normal size one was like perfect I remember I bought the junior gantrell and I, I went out and I caught like 30 fish on it one day and they were none of them were over a pound and a half two pounds and I'm like oh my gosh like it's crazy because the junior was a big bait to me but the standard was a big bait too but it was crazy just the um like just the um, difference that the drawing power and stuff had like what's the small one I think like four inches and the big one's like six inches like it's crazy what a little bit of two inch profile would do for me back then like I had no idea that there'd be fish that would eat the small one and not even touch the big one at that point in time
1: oh I agree and dude I was I, I think I was mainly I was mainly throwing I was mainly throwing the junior I I, I never even because I only had I f- I forget what rod I had, but I think the the junior was thirty dollars, and the the regular one was forty five at my outdoor store. And at the time, I was like, "There's no way I'm spending forty five on a fishing lure." I was like, "But I I mustered up thirty bucks."
0: <laughs> yeah, so. How long did you fish? Well, I guess you caught, I'm sure, like you said, a couple of big fish on it. Did you catch, were you catching a lot of fish too? Like you would with like a plopper or a Senko or was it just kind of bigger fish more or less?
1: So I think that we, I, I, I remember bringing, I'd usually have like a conventional rod with me, but every once in a while I'd like, I'd like see like, and I mean, like at the young age, I'm not, I wasn't like, I wasn't like making perfect casts, but like, I remember I would like, I would like see places where I would like want to throw the big bait and be like, Oh, there might be a fish there where like, sometimes I'd go with conventional and catch them. And I'd be like, Oh, let's see if I can try to get like a bigger one to bite this because I knew like, Oh, if I throw a bigger bait, I'm obviously going to get a bigger fish. Yeah. And
0: I think once you start to learn that, uh, when, I mean, once you get good at casting and you learn like kind of how fish act, I feel like that once you start fishing swim baits, I think you can learn on and catch on to that sort of stuff super quick because I remember when I got my first swim baits and I, I remember like, I don't want to cast this thing all day. Like I want to cast and be able to catch fish. And I remember I, I just slowed myself down and, and I, I was at, I was able to start actually picking spots apart. I wasn't just
1: casting for fun like you would have the Sanko or anything. Mm-hmm. yeah, I think that with um especially with like in certain areas, I would do a lot more like open water fishing with conventional, and then I would do a lot more beating the bank with swim baits, just because I always felt that at, at that I, at a younger age, I always just felt like shallow was better, yeah. Uh, it going back and touching on it, it
0: was funny how funny to me how you had mentioned your outdoor shop had had the gantrells and stuff. Was it common to see guys fishing that when you went out or was, were they just on there, you know, kind of for like a gag gift at the, at the outdoor
1: shop? Um, I, I would say definitely not at the time. I, I did a lot of fishing in a, in a, in like a, Right over the border in New York, and mm-hmm. usually when I saw, like a lot of the people weren't, weren't too serious. But, I mean, nowadays I'm starting to realize that there's a lot more serious of a fishing scene. But back then, no, I didn't. I didn't really. I never really saw anyone else doing it. Yeah, it's it's so
0: crazy. Especially, I'm sure they probably had like S waivers too, if they had gantrails and stuff. And it's always funny to hear guys when they talk about that sort of stuff because. Growing up where I did, I mean, there wasn't shit. There was, there was like musky plugs and and that was it. Like even, even musky plugs, there wasn't really much, a lot, that many of, and I remember just going on Tackle Warehouse when I first got into it and just scrolling and like, oh my gosh, this would be so cool to have if I could just buy it. Like, I don't want to, I don't want to buy it from Tackle Warehouse, but why can't my stores just carry this? Because it would be, it would be so nice. Like I. I think I've only been into like two stores in the state that actually carry a like Gantrell and S waivers. Other than that, it's just fucking ordering everything online. Mm-hmm. Do you think that th- that stuff being able to be bought at the stores? Do you think that that's kind of uh, gotten a lot more people into it in your area?
1: Yeah, i I think that I think that it definitely has something to do with it, along with social media, of course. But just like seeing. Seeing these things on the shelves and just like, like knowing that some people are are getting them because uh, there's always there's always like one or two gone and you're like oh like right someone, yeah someone someone's out there throwing that and you're like hmm and it's like you start to think about it.
0: That is there like you said the the fishing uh, scene has gotten pretty big out there. Are you ever fishing and people walk by that are fishing and they're like oh what is what is that or they kind of know what what it is.
1: Um. Usually usually it's just like more like what the heck looks. There's yeah there's there's a there's a good amount of people that that fish New Jersey and North Jersey there's certain there's this, there's like certain watersheds and stuff that you need passes to fish and there's like you I mean, I'm I'm not too familiar, but like I feel like you see similar people and I don't know, some some guys say like, oh like what are some big baits, but I feel like people sort of know like the whole big thing and it's getting pretty popular and stuff.
0: Yeah, especially if if they're in the store and like you can just walk and go look at them and shit. Like I think it's not as much of a culture shock because they see that they're out there relative to like if you're in an area and you're just ordering this stuff offline and nobody's ever seen anything like it before and they're like mm-hmm. what the hell? what the hell is that thing? Like that I've never seen anything like that before.
1: Yeah, I I I definitely think that I get some like surprise looks with just like having like three or four swim bait rods or just like all big baits tied on.
0: Uh, Yeah, definitely. So when you first got, when you first got like into swim baits and stuff, you get, you're fishing the Gantrell. Was there any other baits that you had? Like do you have any S waivers or, you know, like the Spro BBC rats or anything like that?
1: Yeah. I, um, I was a huge fan of the Spro BBC rat. I, um, I went from the 30 to the 50 in like a month or two because <laughs> I just got bored of the 30. And then I, just, I kept, I had a, um, it was a black and red one. And I started fishing the 50 and I started doing night fishing with it too. And that's when me and my friends started really having some fun.
0: Damn, it, what, Was this on like the golf course ponds and stuff that you were talking about?
1: Yeah, I I had a a close friend on my la- lacrosse team who lived very close, and we would just we were just able to walk there, and we would usually go, we would usually fish behind people's houses, just because at that time we were in like, it was like, sixth, seventh, and eighth grade middle school. We were mm-hmm. just we were we were just young kids, and people usually just like waved at us. Yeah, we were just like, you oh, get away you with people. it. Yeah, people didn't say anything, <laughs> and then we would sometimes we'd go and it's raining.
0: Did um? Were you the only one in your little group that was was fishing like uh, rats and stuff, or were, was everybody else fishing like whopper ploppers?
1: So I was definitely like the the huge like serious serious fisherman, and my friends were they would like I I think they they would buy like my one friend had like like a, a whopper plopper a ganterell, and then he had like a a couple of mat lures, and mm-hmm. that was about it. But I think I sort of just started getting other baits like the BBZ and I got like an, I got an S waiver and I think I got the 200, which was too big for him. Yeah,
0: I, I, I don't, I think I've talked about it before. Like nobody, nobody in my group, uh, my like personal friend group ever got into it because they were just like, "That's fucking stupid. that's so expensive, and you're gonna catch you're gonna catch a bass with it because bass are not very uh, not very targeted fish up at home, but so you you you're getting into like you're getting into the uh size fifty rats and everything in the glide baits. Did you see like any did you have any confidence in any of those baits over the other ones? maybe like the rat over the glide bait and that sort of stuff
1: so I I cast I cast it off the two hundred, and I never wanted Oof. to spend that much money on a bait ever again. <laughs> and I was I was able to catch I was able to catch some fish on the rat. I remember, but I never had like I don't, know, I don't remember catching any like like five pounders on it. I had a lot more success on the Whopper Plopper and the Ganterell.
0: Damn, yeah, that, that sounds about right. Uh, did you get to fish the Swayver 200 much, or was it just like second trip and the fucker was gone?
1: No, I didn't really. I never really had, had much time. I think it was just like maybe like 20 or 30 minutes of worth of fishing, and I just like <laughs> sent it off into the deep, and I was so mad. That Damn, young age was it at- it threw through a temper tantrum.
0: <laughs> <laughs> was it at night, or was it during a day trip?
1: That that was during the day. I, I had it took it even even to this day throwing a glide at night just boggles me D- did throw like just fishing at
0: night just boggles my <laughs> boggles my mind like i don't understand it at all
1: i i think um, that i think that certain certain lakes are more like better for night fishing than others depending on like depending on your style of fishing but i fish a lot of like shallower places and i i try to target like when smallies come up i try to target them up shallow but i don't know i feel i feel like i've always just sort of done especially recently done well with top water
0: yeah it's something i need to like really you know just try and just get better at because Mm -hmm. because i'm I'm not good at it at all it's so you you guys you're getting into these bigger bigger baits and stuff while you're uh, kind of in middle school on that brink of high school. Did you know at this point in time, like there was a huge, I'm gonna say huge in like parentheses. Did you know that there was a big following online for for this style of fishing at the point in time?
1: So I think it was 2017 or 2018. I think it was 2017. It was more likely 2017. And I was in eighth grade, and I I knew about Swimbait Underground. I had it, and I never I, I like had no idea about Facebook. And I would, I think one of the first things I bought off there was like a a one hundred size Daiwa. It was some like weird, it was some stupid reel. But I just made an impulse buy, and <laughs> I used that for a bit, and I threw like smaller baits like the S Waver on it. But I never knew about like the Facebook forums or anything like that. And I think when I got into high school, I had a kid, a friend named Rob in the grade below me who also throws swim baits and is on Bait Universe, etc. And he was like, he's like, dude, he's like, he's like, you need to get Facebook. He's like, he's he like the Facebook fishing. He's like, he's like, the forums are just so much better. And I, I didn't believe him for a while. And eventually I just downloaded it and And got in and realized I was like, Wow, I was like, this is actually pretty cool." I was like, you get to see like the posts and the comments and stuff for sale and all sorts of stuff,
0: yeah. somebody underground, yeah, just old and clunky, and it's not very user friendly,
1: <laughs> yeah. It was just a lot of like baits and money. And I was like, ah, i i I like barely have any money, yeah, exactly.
0: so you you get onto Facebook and stuff. Was it kind of a culture shock to? to see all these like new baits especially like uh like these baits that weren't ABS plastic and stuff that you could just go down to the bait shop and buy.
1: Yeah, I I it was it was like it was crazy. I thought that I at the time I figured like oh, like you see all this stuff on like tackle warehouse and you see occasional like people building like custom lures on YouTube, but I didn't realize that there was like this whole huge like not there. this whole huge community aspect behind it and like so many like different there's just like so many different baits and so many different styles of baits out there than like what i thought there was yeah
0: it's crazy that i remember when i went on badlands and i'm like oh my gosh like these guys aren't even talking about these baits that i have and i i fish and stuff like they're talking about this other shit that i've never even heard of before and they look completely different like it looks like these are like carved baits and then uh i don't it's always it was always weird to me to like go on there and ask questions just because i'm like oh my gosh i've i've been doing this for like three months and i barely know like these baits that i have like i'm gonna ask i'm gonna ask this group and i'm gonna seem like a jackass (laughs) like it was it's it, it was intimidating when i first started off because like those pages are so big and there's just so much information on there and there's, it's just, it's weird to see all this stuff. It's a culture shock because you've never seen these baits before or anything.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I definitely agree with you on the the whole, the, the big community and how it's kind of, it was kind of nerve wracking to post at first. And it's funny that you say badlands because I, I remember joining, my friend had me join universe. And I think when I, cause I forget, do you, do you know approximately when, badlands like stopped or whatever because i think that Uh, must have been when i joined the universe because it was like 2017 2018 i think yeah it was probably like it was probably like right around then that i joined the universe and i like never i never like knew anything about badlands and i started seeing like some stuff and i was like oh what the heck who's strawberry (laughs) yeah
0: i was in i was like i joined uh badlands like literally like a week before the ship sank (laughs) <laughs> and then I remember, like, obviously know nothing about what's going on. And uh, the page just disappears. And I didn't have, like, anything Swimbait related on my on my Facebook for a while. I'm like, what the heck? Like, that's weird. And then just scrolling. And it was, like, recommended groups, Swimbait Universe. I'm like, oh, okay. Joined it. And then I don't really, I don't know. It's just thinking about it is super weird to think about, like, joining joining summit universe and having no idea who's in the group or like seeing these posts by guys who post all the time and i was just like who the hell is this like it's just some random ass guy why does it have 500 likes on it and, <laughs> then, and then like it takes you know you're in the group for two months and you kind of start seeing the same pages and you see everybody comment and tagging one guy and you're like okay well this guy obviously knows what he's doing and everybody knows him like I should probably send him a friend request and and see what he's doing like see how he fishes and stuff. Mhm. Uh was there like when you first got on and stuff did you kind of just start reading stuff and like picking stuff apart and you are like oh my gosh like this is way deeper than I thought it than I than I originally thought like swim bait fishing was.
1: Yeah, at 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 the time I this like if we fast forward a year and from so the the end the end of the year of the end of the year of eighth of eighth grade before like before i like finished eighth grade going into my freshman year of high school my parents got divorced and my dad when he moved he moved into a place that was like that's that's like twenty minutes away, and it's in this like private community with this lake. But we um, when he got when he got access to that, I I started to like do really really well on the um the S waiver. Sorry, I got a little. I kind of forgot what your question was.
0: No, you're good. I was just I was just asking how long it was until like you 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 like you saw on universe and you're like you started getting tips and stuff and like seeing these guys talk about their ideas of fishing or like when how long did it take for you to start pulling stuff from the page and like going to apply that and help catch more fish
1: yeah so I I got I started fishing this other place and I really started fishing swim baits more and I started to like think about buying them more and I really I would like, I would like beg for them for my birthday and stuff. And eventually I would be able to get a couple. And I remember uh, one of the first other baits that I got was a, um, a toxic baits Wade hog off the page because I always, I always saw, or not a Wade hog, a Waken crank, sorry. But I always saw people doing really, really well on toxic baits. So I wanted to get one and try one. And I would, I would fish during the day. I would fish at night and I would, I started to, like just do well with it and that was sort of like i think that was sort of one of the that was like one of the super super hot baits at the time
0: yeah that's probably right i mean that was before Caesar started making a shit ton of baits so they were they, there was guys who were catching fish on them and they were probably kind of hard to get at that point i'm sure
1: mm-hmm. I, I i i don't remember i don't remember having to pay like a crazy crazy amount for it so maybe i got well i, I forget how i got it.
0: <laughs> um. So was that that was that, that was obviously your first uh garage-made non-production bait. Did you get it and were you like, "Oh my gosh, why did I why is this $125 bait like I could make this for 15 bucks?"
1: Yeah, I I remember having I I had to like I remember sort of having to convince my parents to like let me use their PayPal account and they were just like, like "What are you what are you doing like who are you sending who are you sending money to? It's like, like <laughs> where's like where's the money? And they were very like speculative <laughs> at first. But eventually they came around and I didn't I didn't throw it much at first because I was sort of like afraid to lose it, but I eventually I started mm. to come around and use it.
0: You know, I don't know if I can remember ever <clears throat> sending money off the off the rip. I remember trading some baits for a while and then i don't actually know the first bait i ever i ever bought off the top of my head but i know like i had i had never had a care in the world of trading with anybody like i would i would put a post up first bait that i saw wouldn't even look at the guy's profile i would just fucking trade him and how i never got ripped off by anybody is just a complete i I don't know i don't know how it never happened
1: (laughs) yeah i've I've definitely made my fair share of Dumb, like not dumb, but I've i I've definitely been like. I remember when I was like younger and getting into it. I was I always just wanted to like trade and like just like do stuff and move baits and just always because I couldn't buy more stuff, so I always just wanted new stuff. I just yeah, wanted to there buy was, stuff out.
0: Yeah, there was a point in time where I started off with a bull shad, and I traded I traded all the way up to a ball and three hundred. <laughs> yeah I, I think
1: I had I had a Balm three hundred at one point.
0: <laughs> and then um i I sold the Balm for like eighty bucks to cover shipping. Uh, at one point in time, Brad from f five was like looking for two people to prototype a rod, and he just wanted shipping paid. And uh, for some reason, somebody mentioned me. And so I was like, oh my gosh, I need to get hundred dollars right now to buy this buy this rod. So I ended up selling the Balm, and I bought the rod. And I was like, okay, cool. Now I don't have any baits to fish on this rod. Like, what the fuck am I doing? <laughs> um, so, do you, I mean, do you remember your first post in one of the Facebook pages? Like, do you remember posting for the first time, I should say?
1: Yeah, I think it was, I think it was, I think it was, pro- I think it was just some like, just some post about, if I were to recall, about just like me catching. Some fish, whether it was on like an S-Waver, I I was fishing maybe a couple of burritos at the time, but I didn't, I don't, I don't remember starting, I didn't really start to post for like a, a, a really good while or make any posts where I would just like comment like nice fish and stuff like that. (laughs)
0: <laughs> you d- doing the old uh the swimbait underground thing where you have to put you have to comment six times so you don't have to be approved to post anything <laughs> just commenting nice fish on the last six six posts and calling it good
1: hmm.
0: but yeah i i'm trying to think i i'm sure my first post was probably something about the gantrell and how i caught 25 fish with it in one day well,
1: on some michigan lake <laughs> I I I I I don't mean to uh to cut you off, but I, thinking about it before I actually had, an Instagram with my my friends that I was talking about earlier the uh the Ganterel and Whopper Plopper kids, and it was called um FJR Fishing. I I don't know if I should have said that, but it has like a bunch of pictures of me like old and like crazy like neon green and pink monkey across like, shorts. <laughs> Holding up like four pounders. And that's where I really started like posting a lot, like a lot of stuff. But I think my first like posts on Facebook were about just some like fish caught on a nacho or an S waiver.
0: That's, yeah, I think that's probably the same place I'd started. Do you, do you know if, did you, were you buying those nachos and stuff from Gale or were you buying them secondhand?
1: I, I, I definitely, I think I got, Oh, I had my, my one friend, Ryan, who worked at, or not worked, he knew people who worked at the, um, the outdoor store who the one guy was into swim baits actually. And I think he had, he sold me a gill and I traded the gill for a nacho, which I used. I was just buying stuff and trading stuff. And I, I, I I don't recall exactly, but I somehow ended up with, uh, it was a, a green, Like a dark green, sparkle nacho.
0: Damn. Uh, I had... I think that was was probably, honestly, one of the first baits I ever actually bought from the maker was uh, a Jig Hook Gill from Gale, and I cast it off, like, 10 minutes into owning it, and that was fucking terrible. That was when you had to wait, like, two weeks for him from him, and you had to get on the drop, and... Yeah, that was fucking terrible. That, yeah. That was probably the worst thing I ever experienced... When I first started fishing, was watching that thing fucking fly off. I have no idea how it came off. My knot must have came undone or something. I don't know.
1: Oh, it was terrible. That's, that's tough.
0: <laughs> um, so you're getting like you're trading for all these other baits and stuff. Was your group of buddies were they? What, what did they think of it?
1: So, at the, at the time, my my two friends that were um, that I fished with all through like. All through like middle school and stuff, they both went to Catholic schools, and for like a period of time, I was sort of just like, like essentially fishing by myself, and I became friends with, uh, I became good buddies with Ryan, and Ryan eventually he was into he was into he's a big fly fisherman, but he was I got him into bass fishing, and he started like he started like really getting into swim bait bass fishing, and he was he was on swim bait universe, and he had. Similar tier baits that I do, mm-hmm. and we just started fishing together.
0: Yeah, I remember him being super big into fly fishing. Uh, yeah. So you guys, you guys meet each other and stuff, and, and you're when when you guys would go out, were you guys mostly uh, swim bait fishing, or did you guys bring swim bait rods and stuff
1: mostly? Yeah. So sometimes, my we would like we would one of us would bring like certain rods, or I think at the time I. I I traded some baits for, or I bought. It was a a Dobbins Fury eight oh six and an I rod for like a hundred sixty bucks, and I got them shipped in a tube to me at the time, which was like an awesome deal. But I um we started. I started like fishing with those rods a lot, and I think he had an Okuma SBX, which was like a little bit of a thicker, heavier rod. So sometimes if we wanted to throw something bigger out of place, he would bring that rod and like a conventional rod, or I would bring my two rods and he'd bring a conventional rod, but we always tried to switch it up and we always tried to just keep it interesting. And we d- we like to catch fish, but we also like to catch cause we sometimes knew like, Oh, like, I don't know if the big fish is going to eat a Sanko. Like so many people have thrown a Sanko here.
0: Yeah. And so, you, I mean, you guys were just going out to catch fish, but if, if the opportunity rose to, to fish a swim bait you guys weren't going to turn it down
1: yeah we were were always picking it up and throwing it and we started to we were we we were starting to see some we were starting to see like more like more random like fish caught when we were just picking them up and throwing them so we were having a good time with it
0: at that point in time was was it getting kind of big like mainstream wise or was it still kind of like hush hush as far as just like the, the random couple baits and stuff at the bait shop that you'd see.
1: I I think it definitely it definitely just stayed it's like stayed pretty similar at the bait shops I'd say over the years. We there's like I think they still have Gantarels, <laughs> and in the musky in the musky section they have like they oh, some um oh my is it working?
0: Oh, there we go. Okay.
1: Yeah, you can keep going. (laughs) So, like, sometimes they'd have the Gantrells, but in, like, the musky section, sometimes they'd have, like, some Savage Gears or, um, I forget what else, but there were always some stuff, but they were always working on, like, the, it was more geared towards, like, the weekend angler, I feel like, like, jigs and spinnerbaits and stuff.
0: Yeah. Is striper fishing? Striper fishing is pretty big over there, isn't it?
1: Yeah. So, my, um, all the, all the, like the, I mean, the, the one place, like I, I live in Ramsey and the place called Ramsey Outdoor, we, uh, it's, um, it, it has, it has both. It's got, it's got half, well, it's got like a, a third fly fishing, bass fishing, and saltwater fishing. And all the saltwater stuff's geared towards stripers essentially
0: yeah so was that kind of what those swim baits and stuff out there were for was for guys who were striper fishing more so bass fishing i'm sure
1: yeah i i I don't think i ever i would always i remember i would always like look to see if there was like anything cool that i could possibly throw for bass but i remember just thinking it was all too silly and that i just like had the best stuff
0: yeah i i feel like i i do the same thing too like i'll go and i'll go to like uh cabela's and stuff if if there's a musky section and i'll look and i'll be like what the fuck like why would anybody fish this shit over like a defs 250 or something like that's so silly <laughs> mm-hmm. so i mean were you and ryan always bouncing ideas off each other and stuff like oh i, I think i'm gonna buy this bait because i think it'll work here uh, I, I'm gonna do this because this is how our fish set up. Was that was that something that you guys used to do a lot of?
1: Um, I I think we we sort of we were just trying like we got we got into fishing mag drafts and we were throwing. We started getting into eye slides, which were which was like a really expensive bait at the time, and bigger gan crafts, which I I think I, I spent. I think I spent like $150 on a Gantcraft when I was younger, which was like the most expensive bait I've ever bought at the time.
0: Damn. there's Those are like baits that I'd always wanted. Always wanted an slide super bad. I just never could pull the trigger on it. Like even now, I mean, I, I probably would, but even like two or three years ago, like there was just something. It was always that like lingering feeling of, I'm not going to like this bait if I buy it. So like, I, I like people, people talk bad about it. So I don't want to buy it. I don't want to waste my money. Mm-hmm. And I think that like, I think that kept me from, it has kept me from a lot of baits, especially when I first started out fishing and it just kept me from so many baits that I probably would have caught fish on. But I was like, I I can't waste my money on on this because there's all these people talk bad about this bait. So I'm not going to buy it. I'm not going to take any chances with it.
1: Hmm. I I remember it was um it was at a a fishing expo by me and it was like the one there was one it was a it was a fishing and hunting expo but there was one JDM fishing booth and they had all the stuff and they had a Roman made mother which was like 400, 430 dollars and then they had like the Gancrafts Crafts and stuff and I I was busting at the time and saving all my money and I just I just knew I wanted to spend my like spend the money on it it was definitely just like an impulse buy but. And I don't I don't remember catching much with it either. <laughs> was it like a special
0: JDM color, like the bleeding bass or anything?
1: I uh, it was a um it was just like a normal I think it was just a normal trout pattern. Oh, okay. Um yeah, like the
0: Gancraft is something I've always wanted to buy, but I just I could never wrap my mind around it. And that was also because like I had I had no confidence in glide baits and I'm like, that's really fucking expensive for a glide bait. Like I could buy like Three Gantrells for that much, so I just I just never did it, unfortunately.
1: Yeah, I agree. I think I I I definitely tried to trade it or sell it. <laughs>
0: so once once you started like once you spent that one hundred and fifty dollars on this Gancraft, craft, did that kind of open the door for you? Like okay, like I mean, I'll, I, I don't have a problem spending hundred dollars or hundred and twenty dollars on a bait anymore because I've done it once already.
1: Uh that was uh, that was like the first time i really did it on like an end of uh that was i don't know i i think that was like a pretty significant jump from whatever i paid for the toxic but it was just like at the time like just like seeing the cash leave my hand it just like felt pretty significant then like doing it over paypal and like just giving my parents the money or
0: yeah it's like it's not as doesn't seem as big of a deal if you're just handing your money over to like your parents or something or even like just sitting at home and, and swiping your card on PayPal like that's not a big deal I, I didn't feel that money leave my pocket it's okay do you what point in time after that was it like okay like uh I'm buying these baits and I'm catching fish on it so I'm just I'm just gonna buy shit I'm not gonna worry about how much it costs or did that really never set in until later down the road.
1: I think I stuck, I sort of stuck with like that certain group of baits of like the, the toxic Gantaral, the BBZ. Um, yeah, like I just sort of stuck with those certain baits for like a good, like a a really, a, a good while. And I eventually like just started like when I started to like meet other people and I, I've like gotten a lot of stuff locally yeah
0: i mean at that point in time especially when you got the gancraft and stuff were you like okay like i kind of have an idea on why some of these garage builders uh charge as much as they do for this stuff
1: oh yeah definitely it was just like i I felt like i it was it was always like it was always so like difficult to like know when like people were having stuff and it still is but like just like having the money at the time when seeing people posting stuff and just like having that money at the time, I wanted to just like buy something and to walk out with a swim bait made that event worth it. Right. Do you
0: remember, do you remember buying your first swim bait rod? Was that an in-person purchase or was that like, okay, your first expensive non-production swim bait rod?
1: Yeah. So it was that same fishing convention the year before. And it was a, uh, it wasn't a 13 fishing. It was a number eight tackle. Oh. I don't even know what brand that is, but I think it was that I think it was their own brand. was, I, I thought, I, th- I thought it might've been a sub brand of something, but maybe, maybe it was a sub brand of 13 number eight. Yeah, I, I think it might've one been, one. but yeah. it had these little, it had these little crappy micro guides on it. And I think it was rated up like a, it was like, Five eighths to two ounces, or something weird, and it was super stiff. But I bought a, um, there was, I, I, I would always make trips to like, because I have, I've, I've got a, a bat, the Bass Pro in Bridgeport, Connecticut is like an hour and a half for me. And then there's a Cabela's in Pennsylvania, which is like two hours. But sometimes I would make trips with my dad. And this one time there was a, uh, It was like a silver Calcutta in the clearance bin at Cabela's for like 50 bucks. And I bought that, put that on the rod. And that was like my first swim bait setup. It was like, it was a while after that. I got the, um, that Dobbins and that, uh, I rod. Yeah. And
0: so, I mean, did those three rods of those last you quite a while?
1: Yeah, I think I, I think I traded the, um, I traded the I rod for for some stuff for like a toxic slob stopper and some stuff. It was a dumb trade, but <laughs> I I still have. Well, i i gave the um I gave the Dobbins eight oh six away to a friend, but yeah, I I love those rods.
0: And then what was what was the next rod you bought after that? Was it a custom production rod?
1: Um, yeah, I I. I, I just sort of, um, I think it was a, a nameless rod.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, Oh dude. So you paid a decent amount for that. Was that kind of like, was that like an, Oh shit moment? Like I can't believe I just spent that much on a rod when the three rods I bought. Oh, my first three rods I bought were $200 combined for all three.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Well, this is, this is definitely fast forwarding a bit because I, I, I fished, I fished with, the Dobbins 806, and I I just, I, I fished with that. I eventually, my ne- my next purchase was a, a, a green Corrado, and I would use, I put the green Corrado on the Fury 806, and that got me through, like, that got me through, like, pretty much my sophomore and junior year of high school. But senior year, like, right after quarantine, I started to, like, branch out to some people on Instagram and I, I started to meet some other guys, some older guys from also from New Jersey. And I was able, I was started, like I started working more and making more money and I started to be like inclined to buy more stuff, especially with like having more cash.
0: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. There's, there's always that point, especially, I mean with a lot of the younger guys, you can tell when they start getting a job and stuff because they just start fucking buying everything that they see on on Universe.
1: Yeah, i i i just i just loved, i just loved just getting stuff.
0: Yeah, it was always fun to buy shit, and then something comes out of your door and you have no idea what it is because you fucking dropped like thirteen hundred dollars in the last week, so you don't know which package this is.
1: <laughs> yeah I, I i i've never i don't i don't make that much money, but I have definitely. I've definitely made a couple impulse buys when I probably should have just saved my money.
0: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Uh, Going back to quarantine, did, did did you fish a lot during quarantine?
1: So during quarantine was a fun time for me because my dad's community that he lives in, it's just like a bunch of older people. And he, my dad actually went to the academy with some of the, uh, the police officers in the smaller community—they're all like retired and older cops, etc. Yeah. But they were like, "Oh yeah," it's like that. No one really gave me any because it was pretty. There were pretty strict rules about like people being outside and stuff, and I never really, I never really had any problems with anyone. But I was, I was friggin' racing down the highway every single day and just going straight to fishing. I would, I would sometimes like take my Zoom class and say I couldn't turn on my camera. And I would just like leave it <laughs> there with the volume off. <laughs> but I just, yeah, I was fishing like every day. I was filling up my tank for 30 bucks. Those were the days. Yeah, dude. I remember being able to fill my
0: 2019 F 250. Like it was a big, big gas truck. I remember being able to fill that up for 30 bucks. And it was like, not necessarily 30, it was like 35 bucks. And it was a 30, 32 gallon tank. And I fished so fucking much. And I, I burned a lot of gas just driving wherever I wanted to because there was no agenda. There was no fucking plans. Like, I wasn't in school during COVID, so I had fucking nothing to do. I couldn't work. They wouldn't let me work, so I just fished all day, every single day.
1: Yeah, and what was was fun about, and, I mean, like, getting older, I've realized there's pros and cons to it, but the place where my dad moved into is this private lake that has this awesome, awesome, awesome fishery of bass and trout that there's a there's a bunch of bass to be caught and I was just always catching fish and that's what that's what like as a young like kid it was like and especially at the time like when, when my parents got divorced but it was something that like that like made me happy and I think that was important to not only me but like both my parents and my siblings like getting along I don't know it was it was good yeah,
0: uh, I don't know. It was a weird time. I I spent a lot of money and I caught a lot of fish during that period of time. It was, I don't know. It's weird to think about. It's weird to just think that that was actually a thing for a year, as you could just fucking do whatever you wanted to.
1: Yeah, it it, it really is. That was that was my scene- That was like my senior year of high school. So I missed, I missed my lacrosse season in the spring, which was kind of stinky. Yeah. I, like I
0: said, I wasn't in school luckily, so I didn't get to, I didn't miss out on much and I Mm -hmm. I couldn't work. I wasn't allowed to work. So like I said, I spent, I spent a lot of money. I think that was right around the time that was the, was that the first or second gathering? I think that must've been the second gathering, right?
1: 2020.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I I remember going to the second gathering and I was super scared. I was going to get sick on the plane like, I was going to catch COVID. And then I got there, didn't have a worry in the world, met a shit ton of people, and then got back on the plane. I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm going to get sick being on this fucking plane.
1: <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, I, I, I just, I, I just, uh, gathering through was my first one.
0: So I went to the first one, second one, missed the third one, and then just, just to the fourth one. Says, so that, that was cool. I wish I'd made it to the third one, but I'm glad I made it this, this last year. Oh, yeah, this last year was a blast. And hopefully hopefully, we'll make it to Texas, too. That's the plan as of now, but who knows.
1: Mm-hmm. I, um, I, I, I I texted the usual suspects, like Noah about it, and he was like, oh, no chance. But I think I'm going to be on spring break that week, so I, I asked my dad, and I'm going to drive down with my dad. So that, that's going to be a fun trip for us. We haven't really gone on a huge road trip just us, so it'll be fun.
0: Hell yeah, dude! That's got to be a pretty decent drive for you guys up there.
1: Yeah, he's a um, he he's a, he's a good he's a good driver. He can do long distances, so we'll we'll be able to get it done in like a, probably two days or whatever yeah. it takes. But yeah, dang, it'll it'll be um, it'll be it'll be a good time, and it'll it'll be a long drive. Yeah, I don't know, <laughs> yeah. might um, have to figure out a pit stop along the way or something.
0: Yeah, for sure. Kind of, since we're getting done with that, as far as like the the you getting into it and stuff, what what is your fishing setup like in New Jersey and New York area? So yeah, the um,
1: when's when's the spring bite start for you? So we have we have like the uh, we get we get winter here, and like this past year, I had I had a pretty decent ice fishing season, but we usually the second ice out starts, I'll go. Like I'll try, I'll try to fish on some sunny days that aren't too windy, that are like bearable for me, and I'll go out there. And usually I'll bring, I'll bring like a jig, and I, I think at the time I was into, I was really into putting beast hooks in Huddlestons and just throwing that and dragging that along the bottom because I felt like it was, I don't know, more weedless than a, a regular one, and I, I was fishing rocks, and it, I don't know. I think I just honestly I think I might have just beat the crap out of the 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 hut I had rigged so much that I eventually had to put a beast hook in it. That's probably what happened. But I I would just go out there and just throw those and I I would go to a shallow flat and they eventually they wouldn't like they would show up, but it would take a while and I didn't really fish too much deep water with a swim bait, but I would experiment with a jig.
0: Yeah. Did, I mean, did you learn a lot from that, that jig fishing and really like, okay, why can't I, why can't I go out and do this with a Huddleston?
1: Yeah. So it it sort of like, it sort of took me a while to like, realize that I have to like, that I have to like, really like figure out where I want to like put the swim bait. And like, if I want to just make casts, like, then I actually have to make, if I want to like cover an area then I need to like make, A bunch of casts to cover an area and not just like cover one spot because especially like fishing from shore before you move you want to make sure that like you cover all like deep water especially if you're dragging something you want to be able to cast it out deep let it sink down and reel it in because you might be getting a different angle of a fish that some fish didn't see
0: yeah
1: and i think that it's it's
0: very beneficial to learn that stuff with conventional fishing and then being able to replicate it with swim baits. Like I've been able to do that a lot this year. And I know uh, like Trey Smith, he, he was on a jig bite and he was fishing taquitos like, or maybe not taquitos. Maybe it was like nachos or he was fishing some burrito bait, like exactly like a jig and uh, hearing that. And I've, I've just been able to hear it from a lot of other guys too. Like the, the main one is like jerk bait fishing, like fishing a glide bait, like a jerk bait or, you know, fishing a soft bait, like a jig. And I think once you learn that and like, you're like, you're catching fish on conventional and you're like, okay, how can I, how can I do this with a swim bait? And once you start doing that, you're like, oh my gosh, this is like, this is the exact same thing. Like there's no difference at all. Mm -hmm. And so after, after you kind of get the soft bait figured out, soft bait bite figured out, how long does that last until kind of that spring transition starts
1: to happen? So it would, on like I would fish these sunny days and I would try to fish up shallow and going once it once it started to warm up a bit more I would start to get into night fishing and I would start to go I would start to try to go to golf courses more and I would start to go in like the evening going into the night and I would start to do more like active fishing with like top waters and the S wavers and stuff and I I was definitely I I was getting nicer baits at the time and I probably I've I've been fishing a tiny clash a lot and that's been a really good bait for me.
0: Yeah, uh tiny clash is the shit. <laughs> is is there a big switch between that post spawn and then the pre-spawn bite, or is it just kind of like you know where the fish are and they're just gonna eat anything you bring past them?
1: Yeah, I think that the um in at at those the certain lake that I fish the 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 fish are definitely up shallow, and they're looking to feed when they are, when they when they do come up shallow because they are these. It's like they're sitting right off, like a three or four foot, rocky flat that is just holding bluegills. But so, they're definitely ready to eat. But when they when they go into post spawn, they they sort of like shift off into deeper water, and they become a little bit more difficult to catch. And that's when I sort of switch over from trying for smallmouth to night fishing for largemouth
0: okay that makes a lot of sense uh i mean yeah smallmouth are fucking weird and i i mean it's it's cool that you're catching them in a lake because i feel like lake like shore smallmouth from from the lake is like fucking crazy like there's not many guys who get to go out and do that relative to as a river you just got to be able to read the river and and once you catch one fish usually there's a shit ton of fish there whereas the lake they're just like continuously moving around and can do whatever they want mm.
1: yeah and so um, oh, go ahead no go ahead um it's definitely it's definitely fun being able to like figure them out because they're so they are so different to largemouth and they act differently and they fight differently I I honestly I honestly enjoy fishing for them more.
0: Yeah, what I mean, are you catching a lot of these on the TK, or what's usually the bait that they're eating up the most?
1: Uh so this um, I like this this with with quarantine and this I I like right after quarantine, I really started to like make more money and invest like like serious money into baits, and I I think I think it was gathering three maybe two maybe two years after quarantine but i got last year i got a throwback baits wake water and i found wake walker and i got on a really good uh skipping over the summer but i got on a really good fall bite with the throwback baits wake water out wake walker where i would just go out and i would be able to just catch one fish after another like up shallow
0: damn yeah (laughs) That just sounds so fucking sick, especially because it's on the wake walker and just hearing him hit that, dude. Like, I I wish I could just catch fish on a wake bait. Like, that's one thing I wish I could do. <laughs>
1: mm. it's, you don't, you don't you don't try it at that that one place that you fish.
0: Um, <clears throat> so I I just don't have like any confidence in it. Uh, uh. I feel like if I did it, like if I had like a bad bunny or even just like a Spro 30 and. I just had something to get my confidence up, then I feel like it wouldn't be a problem, but it's, like, getting my confidence there is where really where I'm struggling. Like, I ought I go out there and fucking cast a wake bait for an hour when I could go out there and cast a S waver and catch 10 fish. Like, it's like, ah, oh, there's there's a really big trade-off there, and I think I'd just rather spend my time catching fish than dicking around with another bait and trying to learn it, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. I prob- I'll probably dick around with it next spring, but um so going like your summer is is it pretty hot over there does like does the water get super hot i should say
1: it, it does yeah it gets like i'd probably say in, in, definitely into the 80s so that that's water temp yeah
0: yeah that sounds probably about right here now you were talking about how you shore fish a lot does that hot water like do you guys like get super super like long shitty grass that makes it hard to fish throughout the summer or are these spots kind of lucky where that doesn't happen
1: we do especially the past couple of years we've been having issues with uh what is it milfoil yeah, we really yeah. milfoil but we've been having some really shitty weeds and there's some there's some places that I fish where the weeds would be difficult and obviously I would just throw a frog but I would in like open water sometimes I would want to like throw the wake bait rather than just like a frog because I felt like the wake bait would be better than a frog
0: yeah and I feel like I don't know dude when, when I'm fishing grass I feel like you know nine casts out of ten you're casting it and you're getting it halfway and you're feeling it get stuck up or hung up and then you're like well there it goes I just fucking wasted that cast like that's so shitty
1: yeah so especially, um, especially, especially night fishing you'll um oh dude I can't imagine on on some nights where it's like not a full moon and you can't really see like where you're casting and you're just sort of bombing cast out there there's not there's nothing worse than reeling like two cranks and just realizing there's something wrong with your bait yeah that'll happen all the time
0: especially like when the water gets raised here at the uh, spillway like it'll it'll uproot all that grass and shit from um the the river above and it's like you're casting and like you get three cranks in and you can just feel your bait bog down and it's just like these random little pockets of grass and shit that are floating around getting clumped together down there and it's like oh. are you fucking serious like i just made a, a, such an awesome cast and of course this stuff is like right underneath the water so you can't see you can't see it when you cast and it just is like i just fucking wasted three minutes casting setting up for this cast and everything like that's like that's my pet peeve like if i could do away with anything it would be fucking just random grass that should not be there that i hook up on all the time
1: yeah i agree
0: it yeah it just it fucking pisses me off dude and so what what's it like when i mean when the water starts to cool down does the fishing like get super hot super quick when they're you know, in that fall transition period starting to eat or get ready to eat, I should say?
1: I think I would definitely, once once the fall, the summer starts to stop, the weeds would still be an issue, but I'd find the smallies. I would fish like deeper areas and I would just, I would still obviously just cast shallow, but I would use baits like the tiny clash and I would just cast them out super far. And sometimes I'd work it near the surface, but, I would have a lot of success over the summer, like reeling it out of the water to where it like wasn't even being worked properly. Mm-hmm. And they would just come up and hit it. But Damn. like as the fall came and it started to get like colder, I would really start I would like start to gradually slow it down where I would keep it subsurface and I would just work it with the rod super fast what uh what what's your favorite style or what's the way you fish the TK most of the time so i have um and like through uh my friend Ryan and stuff that i mentioned when he was into fly fishing i i got a um i have like a a fly fishing vise and i got into tying some streamers and trying to tie some dry flies but i had um this like wire wire wrap this wire weight that you could like put onto a fly yeah yeah and i wrapped that a, i wrapped that a bunch around the two hooks on my tiny clash and i put um i think it was called like head cement over it <laughs> excuse me and it um i turned my tiny clash into a slow sink and i would fish it on fluoro i'd count it down and this is like mid late fall count it down like 15 20 seconds and just let it sink in deep water. And then, then I would just start working it really fast. And it would be, there were only like certain areas where I'd find, it was really only like one certain area where I found all these fish like piled up, but I would do like, I would get like really good numbers on it. Do you have a lip in there? Or are you doing like lipless Clyde mode? No, I, I, I have lost every single friggin' lip that I have owned. And it drives me absolutely insane because I had one recently and it was definitely, I just bought a tiny clash and I, it was like a super cool color. It came with the lip and everything. First thing I do with it, I, I left the lip in one of my jacket pockets. So the lips go on I caught a pickerel on it. So it's all messed up. Yeah, that's shitty. Um,
0: I, my shitty story is I bought two new lips from DRT or no, no dream catchers, uh, bait and tackle shop, uh, two weeks ago but these two medium-sized lips like perfect you can deadwalk them you can crank them down you can do whatever you want with them right and i mean they're like 11 bucks for two of them fucking going out going i go and fish off this floating dock at the spillway fishing for a while fishing for a while they're in my they're in my coat pocket and i i i like just fucking wind up and i cast this son of a bitch i cast it way out there and uh, i hear like a splash and at first i thought it was my phone because historically this would not have been my first phone i've lost in the water this would have been number 4 and so I'm like, what the fuck? So I start to freak out. I'm like, okay, cool. I got my phone. I'm like, okay, where are my car keys? I'm like, okay, cool. My car keys are in my pocket. And I look underneath like this floating, um, floating dock is like graded. And I look and I just see the black plastic or I see the black cardboard with the plastic bag stapled to it just floating. And I'm like, motherfucker. Wow. And it, so it's like set up. So like there's these two big pontoons like in the front and back. And then like it's probably like a nine-foot uh, floating dock. And there's like, like, it had it had been raining really hard. So all this shit had fallen over the spillway and had just gotten clogged in there. And dude, I kid you not, I sat there with my rod tip for 30 minutes trying to get these lips like pushed through or pushed back out or pulled up. And it, after that, I was just like, fuck it. Like, I don't care. I'll just go buy more. And so, yeah, that's how I, I fucking lost two lips with one cast. <laughs> I was so pissed. I'm I'm still upset about it because I'm like i now I'm gonna have to fucking buy more in the springtime, son of a bitch.
1: Yeah, but I and I I was thinking about it, but I eventually, when I when I was like working the TK, and I I eventually would have to slow down my retrieve, and I would get like the occasional fish, working it slower and not as fast in the deeper water. <clears throat> I, I I I I I recall not really this. I've been doing well recently with soft baits, but I recall in the past, not really doing too well or not really throwing hard baits too much in the past, but going back to the TK, I, 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 the bite sort of slowed down and I, I was thinking about despite losing them so friggin' much, I was thinking about trying to like count it down and like just reeling it super, super slow and just letting it cause it has like a nice tight action and seeing if, Anything would eat it on like a super slow retrieve rather than those like super slow jerks and really trying to focus on like, I don't know, maybe messing around with weights and figuring out how to get this to be like an extra slow sink in colder water when the time comes. Yeah, I think the
0: TK, you can, there's like, I don't know, it's probably my favorite bait, like favorite uh, readily available bait. But you can just do so much crazy shit with that thing between the four different lips they make and the two different, or three different, uh, yeah, three different style tails. Like, you can lead, put lead on the hooks. You can just do all sorts of shit. Like, it's so crazy. You can just, it, there's so many baits in one that you can just fit. I mean, you can crank it down. You can dead walk it. You can fish it like a jerk bait. I mean, dude, it's just, I don't know, for anybody who's never had one, like, if you've just have wanted one for one thing, buy it because it can do nine different other things. And you know, I didn't, I never knew what I wanted one for. I always thought they were super small and I bought one and I caught a bunch of fish dead walking it. Like, holy shit, this thing's sweet. And I, now that's the only reason I have one is the dead walk, but I'm sure that I could catch it cranking down through rocks in the river and all sorts of stuff. But it's just, it's such a cool bait. Mm Hmm. Um, so when like, has has your fall bite started to kick off yet or has it still been pretty warm over there?
1: So recently we've um I've been on I was on this like past week, week and a half. I was actually on a pretty good bite and I've been having my friends come up on well you know Noah and Tyler. Yeah, I yeah. had them come up this past weekend and we got on a pretty decent bite. We were catching some fish and then the day after I went out and fished and I caught a bunch of fish on a soft bait. I was throwing a working class zero citizen six. And I caught some smallies and a nice largey. But the um, the TK bite has kind of slowed down and I I've I've realized that I can still catch them with a softy, but today it was thirty degrees and twenty mile an hour winds, and I almost went out fishing, but I couldn't do it. Almost fish today too, but it was like 17, and there was
0: like 20 mile an hour winds, and I was like, "Fuck, I don't want to get sick again." Right after like not being sick, so I didn't. But I no, no,
1: no, one went out today. He said he doesn't feel well. Yeah, that
0: yeah, that's exactly probably what would have happened to me too. Like I wanted to so bad because yep, probably go catch him on an S waver fishing it like a jerk bait, but yeah it did the the cons outweighed the pros by a little too much today, yeah, because like it was so cold, I had showered, and uh I hadn't really done anything for the past week, and I was like, okay, I need to be productive today, so I went out to my car and my hair was just still a little bit wet, and fucking my hair froze, and I'm like, yeah, if I was to go fishing right now, I'd probably fucking lose a finger <laughs> it's just, yeah. it's shitty, but what uh I guess since we kind of covered covered what your your years like, what's your go to bait? Like, what's your favorite bait that you have that's caught you the most fish, or, or just just your favorite in general?
1: So this this past summer, I um I um invested in my first crawler, and I think it was like it's like yeah, it was probably it was probably early summer, and it was a monster crawler, and I. I didn't, I didn't realize it at the time, but I was just fishing it and I was doing pretty well. And then I got into, I got into it was a full, it was like a full moon weekend over the summer. Mm-hmm. And the, I guess that there must've been flies on the water because there were bluegill and they, they, they definitely weren't trout because the, the fish were up, their smallies were up, but there were bluegill up just like popping on flies. Popping? Like yeah. left and Right. And I would, I was throwing this crawler, and I would catch so many smallies. I was, I was catching nice ones, like threes and like a four every now and again, but it was mainly just like those twos and threes, and I was just catching them, and some, oh, my headlamp was never charged. It was just my phone flashlight, so I was just <laughs> taking crappy pictures and throwing, throwing them back, but I just loved to go out there and just get into them, and I, was, I, I tore them apart on the crawler, and I eventually casted it off.
0: Oh, Son of a bitch.
1: Did you ever yeah. find it the next day or no? No, I had, um, I think uh, I had school the next morning or something like that. And it was just that, that was a tough loss. That was one of those, yeah, that sucked. Damn, dude. That's, that's pretty shitty. And then uh, I, um, oh. I, I bought another crawler and the wing broke.
0: Yeah, that's like. That's the problem. Like I, I want one really bad, but I'm like, I'm scared it's gonna fucking break. And then once it breaks, you're you're pretty much SOL for the most yeah. part.
1: Yeah, I agree. I, don't you, I, think,
0: I think it's super badass bait, but you can just make one out of a I don't know. <laughs> out of something.
1: They they have the uh the jackal mega Pompadour is like sixty bucks, and I think uh I, I think someone I know likes using it. Maybe I'll try one of those gancraft yeah, the, makes
0: one. Yeah, the gancraft one looks pretty badass. Just looks like a glide bait but with the wings on it.
1: I it I agree. That, that looks like a, a really cool one. Um
0: yeah, what I I like smallmouth when the bugs are out, dude. Smallmouth lose their mind, um especially like cicadas. Like river fishing when the cicadas are out. I bet you that if I, if I was to get into wake bait fishing, that would probably be like what like Blows it up for me is because, like, when those cicadas fall out of those trees, dude, those smallmouth lose their fucking minds. And ah, fuck, I think it happened this year. So what is it like five or six years or something until it hatches that next hatch or whatever, something like that. But if I could line that up to like my style of fishing, I think that that would probably be what like gets me hooked on wake bait fishing and what would make me do it all the time because I think you could just fucking kill the fish when that's going on.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: i fuck i don't know just something needs to happen for me to to gain confidence in wake bait fishing but
1: uh yeah I, it definitely i mean th- i think that the thing the thing with wake baits for me is i i, I do a lot it's it, like all of it is at all of it is at night pretty much i'm not out there like in the middle of the day right. i remember i saw Br- the gail ratcliffe from burrito posted a video where he was like he made like a couple minute retrieve on a rat and I was like where he was like working it during the day on the surface and he had one come up and like hit it after like a minute or two and that like blew my mind but I just do all I I fish fast at night pretty much
0: make noise
1: I need to to fucking just
0: bite the bullet and buy a crawler (laughs) and just do it um shit I was gonna ask you something else oh so is that is that like your all time favorite bait is the monster crawler then?
1: Um like just like like my actual favorite bait or just like just like I, I would say I like throwing crawlers the best. I don't know about my favorite bait if I if like I had to choose. Yeah,
0: just, just in crawlers in general, your favorite style to fish.
1: Yeah. And Is I that have,
0: just because it's so fucking like crazy when they come up and
1: he- hit it and stuff? They're by far so like even I would catch them I would catch them on the throwback until it got pretty cold, fishing that pretty fast. Mm-hmm. But they would just like they would just come up and like sometimes even just like barely nip it. But when I was fishing the crawler, sometimes I would just like I would just like pop it. it it, they're by far the, like the craziest, most explosive hits I've ever heard out of the smallmouth.
0: That's so sick. So when you're fishing this at night, like are is it a constant reel? Like do you stop and and give it a second form to catch up, or is it just pretty much a straight retrieve the after the cast to,
1: to the next cast So usually, I would just I'd bomb it out there. I'd let it sit there for a couple seconds, and sometimes fish would be like, and I'd first, sometimes, sometimes I'd let it sit. Usually when I first get into an area on like those first couple casts, I'd let it sit and I'd start fishing a little faster. But sometimes I'd pause it and sometimes I'd just straight retrieve it. They just like, just, like come up and pop it. They, they, they would just explode on it.
0: Yeah. So is it, is it more or less like if they hit it on the retrieve, you just keep reeling until you feel them like turn their head or something along those lines?
1: What do you mean by turn their head?
0: Like, like, uh, so, so if you can't see what's going on, you're reel and reel, and you hear pop or bust or whatever. Um, how do you know? Like, can you tell right away if they have it? Like, they'll just fucking turn with it and start to swim away, or are they I, kind of just hit it and sit there?
1: Usually, I'll I I fish um when I like for that specific style. I like to fish straight braid, and I had a, uh, I had a slower gear ratio reel at the time, and I would just super slowly reel it, and usually. When they came up to hit it, it wasn't like it wasn't like the the later fall. They would like full. They were like full steam committed, and this was on a full moon too. So I'm pretty sure they might have been able to see the, the, and it's like a smaller profile too. Yeah, right. Which, which I which I, I like baits like the throwback, the the tiny clash, and the monster crawler. They're all pretty slim profiles, which I think are like better for small mouth and. I maybe keeping them pinned because they jump around so much, but I I don't know if that's scientifically true. Sounds good in my head though.
0: Yeah, it sounds it sounds good. Like coming out of your coming out of your mouth too. It sounds sounds like I I would believe it if I heard it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, like what what's your setup when you're? I mean, what's your current setup? But what was what's the go to setup usually?
1: So I um. I was um I'm fortunate enough to I was uh hooked up with a uh, it's a mega bass destroyer and it's like one to five ounces uh-huh but it's like uh, I would I would kind of say it's similar to a a Dobbin seven ninety five but it's like a little bit different and there's people who are definitely not fans of the Dobbin seven ninety five for a hard bait rod but I for for smallmouth I I used I used that rod for baits like the the tiny clash and the throwback, which I have a little bit thicker hooks on than I would the um than I would like the uh the crawler and <laughs> I would fish that rod on I would fish those baits on that rod with fluorocarbon because I'd sometimes like if I was fishing early in the morning and the sun started to come out, I would sometimes try to crank down the wake walker. Yeah, have occasional luck, but I would I I would fish. I have another rod that's like a, I think it's a a North Fork composite blank that's like a one to three ounce, and it's super 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 parabolic, and I have that with a a two hundred size, Corrado and that with straight braid is just an awesome setup for me where I could just fish like crazy at night and just swing and have complete control of those fish when. They're they're going crazy in the summer. I think that's when they're like most they're just pissed they off. Fight the most, yeah.
0: yeah. I think um the NFC blanks, like those super parabolic rods. I think that the braid is a super like super slept on because I don't know, a floro is fine, but I feel like the braid just it makes up a little bit, especially if it's a super stretchy rod and you're not really that's not really your thing. Like that braid sets up for some of that give. And I fish braid on my Leviathan for uh, probably about a month or two and then for some reason I switched to Co Poly, which is whatever. But I'm definitely gonna switch back to braid just because that's what I always fished and that's just that's what I like. I feel like braid is just the best best answer to, to my style of fishing, especially like when you have pike and like you have pickerel and shit like I don't want to dick around with that stuff. Like just, just fish braid and call it a day. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I don't know, man. It's just, it all comes down to personal preference, honestly. And it's like, do whatever you want. I don't care.
1: (laughs) I agree. That's, that's another thing. There's so, there's so many, I mean, everyone, the people just gotta, people have to stop stressing about what other people are doing with like rods and reels and baits and just, if you see something that you want, you should try to get it. If you like want to fish a rod or reel or something, you should try to get it. Yeah, I've been
0: super on the fence about the whole aftermarket handle thing. Like I want them, but then I'm like, I don't, I don't fucking need them. But like, yeah, they look cool. I don't know.
1: I'm, I'm, I'm on like the exact same page as you. Have you bought any yet?
0: No, I haven't bought any. Um, I, I was like, so I don't know if you like know know my rod, but it's got like that purple uh, DRT handle on it that I did in the spring. Mm-hmm. And my my like I was like, okay, I'm gonna buy purple purple Gomexus handles for, it. and then I get it all wrapped and everything, and then I'm like, I text Wayne, and he's like, they don't make a purple set. And I'm like, fuck, and then he's like, but they have the like the color changeable, like the pur- like the clear ones that change to like a like an iridescency purple. And so I'm like, okay, maybe I'll get that. But then now I'm thinking about it. I'm like, no, that's stupid. And then I was like, well, maybe I'll just rewrap it in the springtime a different color. And I'll just buy matching handles. And then I was like, but I don't want to fuck up the reel because I don't really trust myself like with with like reels and shit. So I'm like, ah, fuck, I yeah. don't know what I want to do yet. And it's like, I also don't want to put a huge handle on a Corrado 200K and make it feel super weird. Mm-hmm. Because like... If I did that halfway through the season, like I'd probably miss the handle every time I go to like grab it to set the hook or something. So like if I do it, I need to do it before I start to actually fish a lot. And so I can get used to it.
1: Yeah, I bought a um more more recently, I bought the um the 2022 Dio Alexa, which is a uh which is like a re- they they redid it and it's like an awesome, awesome reel. It almost it almost is like a, a beefed up Totula, more like an old Lexa. Yeah, so it's is
0: the all black one?
1: Yeah, and it, it comes okay. with a power handle, and I I was able to get like an aftermarket dial handle for it, and that I guess that's like my first aftermarket handle, but that's that was like that was like necessary. That's not like like I I could I I could never think about taking off like the stock handles on my Corado, which I've fished my green Corrado, which I've fished for for years, but also part of me is like, wow, like these handles and stuff are pretty badass, and obviously they hold, obviously they, they all hold up well. Yeah. I don't know. So it, it, it's pretty easy. I mean, it's pretty easy to just support the universe, but I don't know. Sometimes I don't have money. And I mean, you saw it when I like when so many, when people go to the gathering and stuff, they just end up, I just bought so many baits so quickly. And I like poofed through the money that I thought I had. I was thought I was going to have for like sweatshirts and stuff
0: it's just gone. Yeah. That's exactly the same way. Like th- like that th- that's how I'll be. Like I'll I'll sit somewhere and uh you know, I'll be sitting at work and I'll be like, "Yeah, I think I'm I don't think I'm going to get a set of handles." And then I go and I'm like, "Fuck, do I really want to spend, you know, 40, 60 bucks on new handles?" And then I'm like, "Well, maybe maybe I'll just buy the knobs." And then I sit there and I'm like, "Well, why the hell would I just put upgraded knobs on that short handle? Like those are pretty beefy knobs. Like I feel like I should just get the 110 110 size handle and I'm like fuck do I really want to spend $70 right now on a handle? I'm like it's fine like the the handle I have now is fine so I don't know it's always like it's hard to buy like the accessories that's how I feel like it's always hard to buy that shit that you're not going to use uh, right away you're not going to think about you're using I don't know
1: I I, I would say it's I mean I haven't I mean uh, neither of us are like winching in 10 pounders every day so yeah, I, mean, I, I haven't i've never i've never had any handle issues and i definitely see it as more of a luxury i think that i mean the the Go, the, the gum mexuses are more than reasonably priced but i feel like i feel like i could always just I, don't know, I look i feel like there's always there's so many baits out there and i feel like there's always just stuff to buy if i would if i want to like invest my money i would rather do it in something that i would like something like that
0: yeah, exactly. I don't know, it's always hard cuz like I always get impulsive and I want to buy this and then I'm like, oh, maybe I'll buy that and then I'm like, well, no, I'll just I'll just buy this. Like it's okay. <laughs> it's just how it's just how it always comes down. Always. Like at the show I wanted to buy all this shit and then I was like, ah, fuck. Like no, I better not. <laughs> like there were so many baits I looked at and like I picked up and I'm like, yeah, I'm going to buy one of these. And then either they just sold out or I was just like, no, I I can't fucking buy that. Like, I can't justify holding on to it for nine months until I think I'm going to be able to fish it and catch fish on it again. Like, I'll I'll just, I'll let somebody else buy it. I don't need it.
1: Mm -hmm. Remember when, um, when we were at the gathering and I was with, um, I was with Noah. We were, we were walking around and I bought a, uh, I bought a, a psycho trout and, Noah like picked one up and he was like oh he's like I should buy this and he's like he's like eh," and he just like put it down and walked away he said he's like hey he's like I just don't think I would throw it and I definitely was a little more impulsive but I I I've thrown it a little bit and I caught a couple dinky bass on it I like it
0: yeah there was like I said there was a couple baits I picked up like uh the Sherpa crawler I really wanted to buy one so bad but then I'm like I, I, I can't justify buying it because I've never caught a fish on a crawler before mm-hmm. let alone on like a wake bait so like fuck do I really want to buy this thing but I'm like but they look really good and I didn't that's end up I, buying
1: one that's how I felt about um was it, was it Golden Belt Customs with the new who came out with the new glide bait uh, I, the, I think it was um Mike, Mike Stacy oh
0: the, the was it the baby his, his smaller or no
1: it was the, it was like a bigger one, and it was just like a more defined three D one. But I held I held back on it because I just I just don't really have too much luck on shad glides. I it was an awesome profile, but I don't know. Another thing was the uh, shit. What what's his name? the
0: clickbait the crankdowns. But I'm like that thing dives way too deep for any water I fish. Like I totally would have, but it was just it, you know dives seven feet too deep for, for where I fish. And I'm like I'm not getting that fucking thing hung up because I'll be pissed.
1: Yeah, that, that's that's a cool one and I I think that I was just sort of I was I I was definitely just like running around at first grabbing certain things but that's definitely a cool brand and that's a that's a that's definitely a bait that I want to pick up eventually.
0: Yeah, I, like I know uh, I know there's a couple guys who have done super good on it like like uh, live targeting or not live, active targeting fish and stuff like it's just pretty much a big crankbait and there's like I said there's been a lot of guys I know Chase nicely caught a couple like super nice fish on it one day, just fucking cranking it down and watching them it eat It'd be so sick.
1: Mm-hmm. I've had, I've had some luck and this isn't like the active target, but I've had some good luck on, um, at gathering three, I bought a four by four crank down in the soft tail. And that's been a super, super fun bait for me. I haven't really caught anything too huge on it, but just like you said, just like fishing a square bill. They love it.
0: Yeah. Uh, I- and there's, there's even some baits that are smaller like that that are cranked downs that I just, dude, I can't just, I cannot buy fish. Like the, uh, the G2, I fish that thing so fucking hard and I've never caught a fish on it somehow. I don't know how, like I have no idea. And it looks so good and it's so small and I just never been able to buy a bite on it.
1: Yeah, I always, honestly, I always like, I, I remember I like, I would get like a couple bites on it, but they were never, they were always like dinky. I always just felt like it didn't, like do anything crazy for the fish I don't know I, I agree with you I never d- I never did like crazy on it
0: I don't know it's it's such a small like bait it's weird that it's considered a swim bait but I don't know I feel like the guys who catch on it catch a lot of fucking fish on it I'm just not one of those guys yeah um, well man I mean is there anything else you want to touch on before we close her down I don't know if there was anything else that you thought about talking about that we didn't get to.
1: Um, not really. I, th- I, th- I think we, I think we covered it, dude.
0: That's what, that's what I thought. But I always, I always got to ask just in case, um, Jack, what's your Instagram for anybody who doesn't follow you
1: It's called swimbaits baits in stuff with swim bait with an S after it, the letter N and then stuff.
0: Yeah. I'll put it in the description. You don't have a YouTube channel or anything, do you?
1: Uh, I do not. I was I was thinking about getting a GoPro, though, and trying to film some catches because just because it's it's fun. I think it provides like a new aspect to it. And honestly, I've been trying to set up my phone and do a couple casts of catches, and it just hasn't been going well. So maybe I, I got to get the GoPro rolling full time. I think
0: I remember in the springtime, you sent me a video of your phone set up, and and you are casting, it must have been like the mag draft or something for smallmouth, And you, you got this fish like right up to the bank. Like you couldn't see it with the phone. And then like you went to go grab your phone and then the fish flopped off into the bank or something like that. I can't remember what it was exactly. I oh, just did know there was a clip yeah. like that.
1: <laughs> yeah, probably.
0: <laughs> it sounds about right. But uh, yeah, like I said, Jack, I'll leave, leave your Instagram uh, linked in the description for anybody to follow it who doesn't already uh, uh, I mean make sure you guys like or make sure you guys give the uh, podcast a review on your listening platform uh, make sure you guys follow Scales and Tails on Instagram Scales and Tails underscore podcast uh, also the, um, the November giveaway is coming to a close I think Wednesday is when I'm going to close it down so um, there's some deals on the on the site and like I said anything you buy enters you into the giveaway we got Oh geez, I gotta go through this list here. We've got two fall of 74 bait wraps, We've got a five-inch mag draft, got a Cooper's Bait Miner Glide. We have a Gracely Bates uh bleeding shad Glide. We've got a chocolate bait Jordan crank on the way. And we got a shit, what is that? There's another Gill. Or I got a DS Gill uh Wake. We've got a, another. <clears throat> bluegill wake i can't think the name off the top of my head that was gifted and then i got another package of a gifted bait i'm not sure what it is coming this week at some point in time so a whole lot of baits that you guys can win if you buy something off the site um i think other than that i think that's about it uh i apologize for not dropping an episode last thursday i was was decently sick really clinging on to life there for a little while but um hopefully i'm on the upswing of it and be able to post a little bit more, but I want to thank Jack for coming on. Uh, I want to thank you guys for listening. I hope you guys enjoyed the episode and uh, I'll talk to everybody next time. Thanks guys.